Jason Light met with the media for his pre-draft press conference, and we tell you why his intentions are not based in reality. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. Or if you're subscribed on YouTube, you get notified when we go live like we are right now. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's Bucks Nation Dot com joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. David Harrison of Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And we thank you, as always, for making Locked On Bucks your first listener, your first view of the day. And a special shout out to our everydayers who come through five times a week to hang out here on the podcast. We appreciate you uh, as much as we appreciate each other for making this whole thing happen. Jason Light talked to the media on Thursday in his pre-draft press conference. And of course, one of the hot topics was linebacker Devin White. Jason Light was asked about the trade demand of, of White from White. And Jason told the media, quote, we, have all the res- we all have all the respect in the world for Devin. He's done some great things for us as a player. And we look forward to more from him in the future. He's on our team. We're looking forward to the season. We're gearing up for the season with the draft right now and free agency. We're looking forward to him being a part of this team. If he has the kind of year that we all think he's capable of, we can hopefully put this to rest and everybody is happy. End quote. James, let's play a game that we don't really play on this show very often. But you know what? Maybe we should actually start playing this game here on Lockdown Bucks. Let's play buy or sell. Nobody has a trademark on buy or sell. It's a very common thing that people do. Let's play buy or sell. Do you buy or sell? Jason Light has all the respect in the world for Devin White and that he has no intention of trading him. I'm buying and selling this. I do believe there's a ton of respect from Jason Light for Devin White and what Devin White has been able to do for this franchise. You know, the the defensive player of the months, the the unbelievable play during the Super Bowl run, helping this team get a Super Bowl. Um, I I do think that there's a lot of respect there, but there's also business. You know, respect Mm -hmm. only takes you so far. There is a business aspect. So I am selling the idea that he has no intention of trading him. And I think that intention is laid out there to try to reestablish some semblance of power in this situation and and it's not power over devin white don't get me wrong there it's power from teams that might be interested and it's a a power play in order to try to generate better offers if teams know that you are going to trade a guy you have to trade a guy you there's there's no leverage there that can be like well we'll give you a fourth rounder you know but 
you're going to trade him anyway, you know, or you might end up cutting him. You know, we don't really know. Um, you, you have no leverage. So by him saying we have no intention of, of trading him, uh, we want him to be here. You know, that's true to a certain extent, but it also means send me your better offers because we sure as heck are not giving him $20 million a year. Like you reportedly asked for. Yeah. What's, what's interesting is that Devin white has gone ahead and done the, uh, the, uh, the very, I don't want to say common, but I guess common thing that athletes tend to do and erased uh, a lot of Buccaneers related material from mm -hmm. his social media uh, accounts. And, and the last, the last tweet he has up on his timeline right now was one where he said, green is my favorite color, which of course a lot of people latched onto about potentially the Philadelphia Eagles being a landing spot. So buying or selling, listen, I, I also buy that Jason Light has a lot of respect for Devin White. I think Jason Light, you know, he fully understands he's been in this business for a long time. He sees kind of what these players go through, the effort it takes to be even good, even average in this league. It, it takes, we've had, we've had this conversation. I mean, it takes a lot of talent to suck in the NFL, let alone be good uh, or any good at it. You know what I mean? So I do, I do believe that Jason Light has respect for Devin White. As far as not having intention to trade him, here's what I'm going to tell you. Jason Light, in that quote that we just read, and that's just one part of this conversation, right? We're looking forward to the season. We're looking forward to him being a part of the team. He says again, we're looking forward to it for, for more from him from the future. If Jason Light said one more time in this paragraph of words that he looked forward to Devin White being on this team, maybe he would have convinced himself. I don't think that if you're Jason Light in this situation, you have any choice but to at least explore trade offers and accept phone calls. You know what I mean? Now, whether or not that equates to the intention of trading someone, that's that's semantics. You know what I mean? Uh, we, get, we get into splitting hairs. But I think at a minimum, if it's the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, the Carolina Panthers, yeah, no, you probably block that number. But anybody else, pretty much uh, the Dallas Cowboys, some Cowboys fans want to see him and Michael Parsons together, which uh, as somebody who covers the Washington Commanders, I do not want to see Michael Parsons <laughs> and Devin White on the same field uh, playing defense together. But, you know, I think you have to at least take the phone calls. Right. So but the, the real question here. So Jason Light says a lot of like, you know, next year, hopefully everybody will be happy. We look forward to having Devin on the team this year. So basically, Jason's kind of speaking in terms of he's going to be a Buccaneer in 2023. That could be true. Still, you could take the phone calls and, and that could still be true. But is Devin White, in your opinion, going to be a Buccaneer in 2024? No, absolutely not. Uh, I, I don't see an avenue where this happens, right? Because Devin White could, he could play for the Buccaneers this upcoming season. He could play for him in 2023 and he could ball out and be phenomenal and and garner that 20 million dollars a year that doesn't mean the buccaneers are going to pay it you take a look at at the other linebacker the other captain on the defense in levante david who has taken far less than market value to stay a part of this team stay a part of the build and he goes on to get rewarded for that with the lombardi trophy then he turns around and he does it again this year right so that is one avenue there's also the avenue where Devin White plays for the Buccaneers in 2023, and he plays the way we've come to expect. There's some great and there's some terrible, which is not going to get him $20 million a year. But in his mind, he still values himself as an 18 to $20 million a year player. So yeah. he might get that on the open market because there's probably going to be multiple teams interested and somebody is going to offer him that doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but it is possible. And then there's the third road where the Bucks just trade him and he's not even a player on the team in 2023. So I don't yeah. really see a way that they make this happen and Devin White returns in 2024.
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, in the live chat, JJ says that uh, he believes Jason Light respects Devin White, but for the right price, he'll trade him. I think that's a fair mm -hmm. assessment. And Gary says Jason Light has a good strategy on Devin White. And I think, you know, look, that uh, whether Jason is trying to reclaim some equity in this Devin White conversation or not, uh, it's the right path to take. I mean, you can't, as a general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, come out and say, man, can you believe what this MF -er just said? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. But I think it's important to also realize Jason Light also didn't deny the fact that Devin White, uh, he didn't necessarily come around and say, yes, he did. He was asked that direct question, but he kind of talked around that a little bit. But he also didn't deny it, which, you know, is NFL speak for yes, Devin White uh, requested the trade. And obviously from the social media stuff, um, Devin White being a Buccaneer in 2024, I don't see it happening. Obviously, he wants an extension. He wants to be paid. He thinks that he deserves to be paid and he wants to do it now. He doesn't want to wait for the end of the season. If the Buccaneers wait, make him wait for the end of the season, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to prove Jason Light and the Buccaneers right, which means they're not going to resign him to the money he wants and he's going to go elsewhere. Or he's going to prove himself right. And I think if anything we've seen from Devin White, the emotion, the passion, and, and the, 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 the spirit that he has that he plays his game with, he is not going to then go to the Buccaneers and say, okay, I will let you now apologize, kiss the ring, uh, and make me the richest linebacker in the NFL. No, he's going to leave. He's going to do it for somebody else. It might be the Carolina Panthers. And then he's going to turn around and rub it in the Buccaneers' face every chance that he gets. That's just the way I feel Devin White's uh, mentality is. And look, uh, you know, that's his mentality, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell him that he's wrong or right. I just think that's probably what is going to happen. So, no, I don't see Devin White being a Buccaneer in 2024 either. Anybody out there want to clip this and show it to us next year when this contract gets done, by all means, uh, go ahead and do it because neither of us are going to remember this by then either. Yeah, probably not. But what else did Jason Light have to say regarding non-Devin White topics? That is coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you've ever thought that you'd make a good GM, maybe have to try to figure out if you're going to trade or re-sign a star linebacker. Well, then you need to give this game a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. You start off with the worst roster in all of football history, and you have the opportunity to retain or release, trade, hire, and fire coaches. Most importantly, decide who the number one overall pick will be in your draft, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play as you go, play as you want to, and when you want to. Locked On Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On all caps, in the game store. That's Locked On all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So Devin White is the top topic coming out of Jason Light's press conference. But believe it or not, the press conference is actually a pre-draft press conference. Mm. Uh, so obviously the NFL draft eventually came up and Jason Light wants to keep his hand close to the vest. He doesn't want to tip his cards to any opponents, especially the Carolina Panthers, who I hate right now because of really no fault of their own. Uh, but he did have a few interesting things to say, James, specifically when asked about his philosophy on the quarterback position, Jason Light said, quote, it's the toughest position to find. It's the most important position on the team. You see teams that in consecutive years take them in the top 10. We have an unknown in Kyle Trask. We have Baker Mayfield, who has had some great years, 
And now we're hoping he shows up this year in that competition and we get the best out of both of them. I would not be afraid to take a quarterback, another quarterback, because you might as well have another shot at it. Maybe not this year, but maybe in the future. End quote. James. Dave. Everydayers. You know I like me a good conspiracy theory. Here's a conspiracy theory for you. Devin White's very emotional. Devin White is very passionate. And Devin White is a captain on this team. He's a captain on the Buccaneers team for a reason. And part of that reason is he knows how to turn it on when it's time to turn it on. But guys who know how to turn on the energy and the juice, like, guys, we need to beat the Saints here. They also know how to kind of go the opposite direction and get, like, overly dark when the situation calls for it. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you're eyeing a quarterback in this year's NFL draft, you don't want people to know that. The best way to make people get thrown off that scent, James, is to create a controversy. In Jason Light's press conference, it took seven questions until he got asked about the quarterback position. The hardest position to find, the most important position on the field. It took seven questions. This is not your average NFL beat. This beat just got done covering Tom Brady. Seven questions it took before the quarterback position came up. I have been to Buccaneers press conferences where what Tom Brady had for breakfast was a top five question. I'm joking, but kind of not really. Seven questions. Nine questions, James. So the question, what's your first need? What's your priority? What's your top priority in the NFL draft? That's going to come up in every press conference, right? Pre-draft press conference. No GM is going to answer it, but it's always going to come up. Nine questions. This thing took nine questions for Jason Light in his pre-NFL draft press conference to get asked, what is your top need in the NFL draft? Why? Because of Devin White's controversy. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, if Jason Light were to go to somebody on this team and say, hey, we need a distractor. We're going quarterback. We're targeting quarterback. We need nobody to be talking about that. Who can help us be a distractor? You going to Levante David? No, no offense, Levante. But if you were to try to do this, it would it would just it would be thin. It would not work at all. You're going to go to Mike Evans after all this time. Mike Evans suddenly? No, you're not going to go to Chris Godwin either because he's just going to smile the entire time he's laughing. You're going to Devin White. That is my controversy or that's my conspiracy theory. I do not stand by it, but I think it's entertaining as heck. I don't, I I actually kind of see some merit in this. Now, I, I disagree with Jason Light being the one to approach Devin about this. I think what, honestly, what might have happened in this conspiracy theory world <laughs> is that, you know, Devin asked for that trade, right? And, and it goes all the way back when we were talking about those in- Instagram posts that he made where it looked like he was saying goodbye and all that. It probably happened way back then. But they kept it under wraps. This team was really good about keeping certain things under wraps, especially with Tom Brady there. And then all of a sudden it comes out along the same time that Will Levis is visiting. Hendon Hooker is visiting. So I see some merit in that. And it might have been the fact that Jason's like, all right, somebody text Jenna and tell her that Devin requested a trade. She was the one that broke it. Jenna Lane, ESPN. She was the the first one on the story. So I I could see something like that happening in the front office. But the the biggest, honestly, the biggest takeaway that I had from this quote is we have an unknown in Kyle Trask. 
Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you have in Kyle Trask by now, ignore the fact that he hasn't really been on an NFL football field. No. You have seen Kyle Trask every single day, every practice, in the preseason. He's in the meeting rooms. You have had a front row seat to this kid for two years. Yeah. If you don't know what you have now, you're never going to know. Oh, you know. It, it, it just means. Oh, you know what you have. You know yeah, what you have. It just means that he's not the dude. He's yeah. not the dude. Baker's probably not the dude. Um, it means that the Bucks very well could be in the quarterback market this year. They're definitely in the quarterback market next year because yeah. neither All one right. of these guys is it. Right. I want to I want to talk about that. I want to make sure we get our next topic in because I think it's very interesting. I want to get it on this episode, but real quick, Gary in the live chat says trade white straight up for Buda Baker. Funny enough, Gary, we actually <laughs> had that conversation before we went live tonight. If it wasn't for Antoine Winfield Jr., we would absolutely be on board, but they're basically the same uh, player. And then Jeremy says, I don't think money is the main issue. Devin probably wants to play for a contender. I think it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? And I think that uh, actually I, I presented and uh, I don't know if you want to call it interesting a, a scenario where the Philadelphia Eagles trade a third-round pick straight up for Devin White, and Devin White plays one year for the Eagles and that is their free agent next year. Um, you can find that on sportsillustrated.com or on the Locked On Commanders podcast. I'm not going to fill Locked On Bucks airtime with that. If you're interested in that, drop it on the comments, and maybe we'll talk about it on our next episode since it does involve a draft pick. But, James, uh, Jason Light also said some good things about the running back position, and I know the running back position is one that you are very interested in. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's something that we've taught our everydayers know that we've been talking about this for a little while now, uh, going back to a, a WTSP Wednesday with Evan Klosky, where we talked about B. John Robinson visiting the Buccaneers. And so Jason Light, it, it, this has started to pick up steam now. This has started to become a thing where a lot of a lot of people in the media are starting to link B. John Robinson with the Buccaneers. So the question was asked not specifically about B. John, but pretty specifically about B. John where Jason Light was asked if he's against taking a running back in the first round. And Jason Light replied, quote, no, not if you feel like it's going to be a special, special player. David, do no. you think that Jason Light and Bruce Arians and the crew at One Buck Plays view B. John Robinson as a special, special player? Um, I think most people view B. John Robinson as a special, special player. Shout out to Locked on Falcons. Uh, podcast host Aaron Freeman, who once famously tweeted, there are two types of people in this world. People who don't believe Bijan Robinson is a generational talent, uh, or no, I'm sorry, people who do believe that Bijan Robinson is a generational talent and people who have not actually watched Bijan Robinson play football. Meaning, if you've seen Bijan Robinson play, you believe that he can be a generational talent. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com wrote in his top 50 profile about Bijan Robinson, quote, Robinson is a three down back with excellent size, vision, and burst. Continued on saying, quote, in the passing game, he's a fluid route runner out of the backfield, boasting excellent hands. Overall, Robinson has all the tools to quickly emerge as a top tier running back in the NFL. Quickly emerge as a top tier running back in the NFL. We're not talking just could be a starter. We're talking Nick Chubb. We're talking Derrick Henry. We're talking one year of Brandon Jacobs. We'll see if he can do it again. Type of conversation before Brandon becomes that top tier in the NFL. No shade to Rashad White. You guys know, I mean, I have my Arizona State monster koozie on every single episode. I love me some Rashad White. Go Arizona State. Go Sun Devils. All that stuff. But Bijan, even on his per carry averages and all that stuff, nowhere near a top tier running back last year. So if you believe Bijan Robinson is a top tier running back, no, running back is not your biggest need in this NFL draft. 
But if you believe that running back is a need, which it is because no NFL team runs with just one guy. So Rashad White is not going to be the guy. He's going to be a guy. So you do need the position. And if you believe Bijan Robbins could quickly emerge as a top-tier running back like Daniel Jeremiah believes, then you have to take him at 19 if he's there. You go back to, and this is something that you and I were were kind of discussing before the recorder or before that we went live. You go back to the last time the Buccaneers had the 19th pick, and Dalvin Cook is sitting there. And Dalvin Cook was a special player at a position of need, and the Buccaneers opted to go with tight end OJ Howard. Our every yearers remember <laughs> us saying that OJ Howard was a luxury pick in that draft. You take a look. One of the best things you can get from your general manager is his ability to admit mistakes, which Jason Light has done numerous times when he's made mistakes on signings. Those guys are gone, you know, within one year. Um, and then going back and and redrafting a position that he just drafted the year before because he missed on a guy, being able to admit that passing on Dalvin Cook for OJ Howard was a mistake. Because Dalvin Cook is still fantastic in Minnesota. O.J. Howard is somewhere. I don't even know. I know he played for the Texans for a little while. It, it, it's That's irrelevant now. Dalvin Cook could have been a special, special player for the Buccaneers. Bijan Robinson, while he's not the biggest need, can be a special, special player for the Buccaneers. And I don't know if... if Jason Light and Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and Dave Canales pass on that opportunity if he's sitting there again, depending on how the board falls. So uh, that was that was Jason Light's indirect way of answering an indirect question about a directly specific player. But someone who was a Buccaneer for a very, very long time has officially hung up his cleats for good. That is coming up next here on Locked On Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a live edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And Gerald McCoy officially announced his retirement on Friday through a video that he posted onto his social medias. And uh, so the former number three pick in the 2010 draft is done. And, you know, it, it was kind of one of those situations. Maybe if injuries hadn't caught up to him, he would still be playing somewhere for someone. Unfortunately, the last couple of years in Tampa, his his time with Carolina, his time with uh, the the Raiders, and he signed with the Cowboys. Uh, a lot of derailment from very serious injuries. But some time has passed now since Gerald McCoy put on a Buccaneers uniform, and the longtime captain, face of the franchise for a while, uh, officially called it quits. So we had this debate. Are are every years from the OG days know that we've had this conversation. Uh, but it's time to drum it back up because it's been about five years since we've talked about it. Is Gerald McCoy yeah. a ring of honor player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah. Um, speaking of the Raiders, OJ Howard is a Las Vegas Raiders member, but right, as of right now, sure. Um, a team and a guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, Gerald McCoy five years ago when Gerald McCoy was, uh, unceremoniously released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
a lot of Buccaneers fans, a lot of Locked On Bucks listeners were adamant that Gerald McCoy would one day sign a one-day contract, retire as a Buccaneer, and eventually be enshrined in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ring of Honor. Five years later, I don't believe that's the case. I, I Honestly, I didn't believe it back then. I don't believe it now. Um, look, Jeremy McCoy spent nine years with the Buccaneers, and I don't want to take away from what he did and meant to those teams. Even though those teams were not all that successful in the grand scheme of things, Gerald McCoy is certainly not a player you look at and say you were part of the reason those teams were not successful. If anything, you were part of the reason they were as close to being successful as they got, along with guys like Mike Evans, along with guys like Levante David. But at the end of the day, this game is a this game, and and what you're remembered for is what you have been able to accomplish. So outside of the team lack of accomplishments, nine years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Gerald McCoy spent on the team. He's fourth in Bucks history with 54 and a half sacks, which is great. Fourth in tackles with 297, which is great. First in tackles for loss with nine, with 79, which is awesome. First in quarterback hits with 140. Now, it's important to remember quarterback hits, not an officially tracked stat until fairly recent, relative speak, relatively speaking, in NFL terms. Some of you are not even as old as they've been tracking quarterback hits, but you get the point. Um, however, Simeon Rice has more sacks with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and is not a Ring of Honor member and is a Super Bowl champion. Jerome McCoy is neither of those things. Uh, well, obviously, he's not the Ring of Honor. He can't be yet, right? But he's also not a Super Bowl champion. William Golston has 104 more tackles than Gerald McCoy does for the Buccaneers and has just one more year of playing on the defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Gerald McCoy only has 12 more tackles for loss than Simeon Rice, despite the fact that Simeon Rice only played six seasons. Gerald McCoy, again, played nine. And uh, the quarterback hits lose a little bit of edge. It's a good stat, but they lose a little bit of edge, James, when you realize that he apologized to every single quarterback he ever hit. That's a joke. <laughs> but the rest of it is not. I don't believe that Gerald McCoy ends up in the Ring of Honor. Look, maybe someday, like eight, nine years from now, when the team is struggling again, and we we saw this, right? They're like, man, we need to put somebody in the Ring of Honor, get some butts in the seats for that game. And they kind of reach back and they pull a guy up. And you're like, okay, we get it. Um, so maybe someday he ends up in there, but I think it's kind of one of those like legacy Hall of Fame inductors where or inductees are like, eh, okay, we we accept we accept that guy being in the Hall of Fame. It's not a slam dunk. If Gerald McCoy ends up in the Ring of Honor, uh, it's not going to be while Jason Light and Bruce Arians are around. Um, and I really do. I believe it's going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is probably more to get seats sold for that game than anything. I'm I'm going to disagree. I do think Gerald McCoy is a... All right, that's all we have for this live episode of Locked on Bucks, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. I, I think Gerald McCoy is a Ring of Honor inductee. Probably not this year. I'm not saying that he's going to immediately waltz in there. I think Tom Brady probably gets in before him, even though Tom Brady was only with the team for three years. Granted, he holds just about every passing record in franchise history now and brought them a Super Bowl. But you take a look. At, at Gerald McCoy and I, and I loved Simeon Rice and I've made a case on on this show for him to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's never going to happen, but his numbers are there because he was an incredible player, two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Was uh, you've referred on this show to Tom Brady as the hired assassin? It's kind of what Simeon Rice was, right? He was brought in That's fair. thanks in large part to Michael Pittman. Or no, it was the other way around. Rice brought Pittman in. Anyway, Simeon Rice was the, the hired gut on an already all-time great defense. This is the same defense that he waltzed onto that held the greatest show on turf 
to 11 points in their own house in the NFC Championship game. He was out there with four Hall of Fame players. Four. That's ridiculous. So guys that Gerald McCoy had to play with, you know, two winning seasons in Tampa in his career, including his rookie season. No. Four different head coaches still managed to get six Pro Bowls, three All-Pros. And he was out there with Roy Miller, Styles White, Frank Oakham, Tim Crowder, Michael Bennett, who went on to, I'm losing my pen, went on to play really well for the Seattle Seahawks. Adrian he had Claymore. a good year for the Bucs. Huh? Uh, he had a good year for the Bucs. Yeah, he did. He did. But his biggest impact came as a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah, Adrian Claiborne, Nat, Daquan Bowers, yeah, Brian Price, Akeem Spence, Will Golston, who I like. Uh, he's not striking fear in the hearts of anybody, but you know he's he's a good player. He's played for the Bucks for a long time. Michael Johnson, you remember that that mistake? Yeah, uh, Henry Melton, Jacque Smith, Clinton McDonald, every, my favorite, my BFF, Chris Baker, Swaggy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I jumped the gun on that one. Listen, here's here's what I'm gonna say. You he make got, he got one year with Jason Pierre-Paul, one, yeah, yeah. and then he was Look, gone. Dude had you made a, yeah, you make a lot of valid points. They brought in Akeem Spence to try to help him, and that didn't work out either. Like, you make a lot of valid points. And look, uh, Jeff in the live chat says, put McCoy in the ring of honor, could easily make an argument that he's a top 10 player in franchise history. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the things you just got done saying, I actually have rebuttals for. But here's the thing. I'm not anti-Gerald McCoy getting in the ring of honor, right? I want to make that clear. Do I think he's going to, do I think he's a slam dunk, slam dunk entrant? Uh, no, I don't. I just I just don't. So I'm going to be honest with our audience. I'm going to be honest with you, obviously. Um, so that's just me being honest. I'm never going to campaign against it. And if he does and I have the opportunity to be there for the presser and I have an opportunity to be there to see him get put into it, I will I will absolutely do it and I will cover it and you will cover it for our locked on bucks uh, every day and every years and, and every minute as best as we can. I just don't see it happening. But again, um, I would not be upset if it did happen. So I, I just want to make that clear. I'm not against it. I just don't believe as passionately as you or Jeff and certainly many, many other Buccaneers fans will feel passionate about it as well. And hopefully they're nice to me in the comments because I'm just being honest, guys. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying, again, I, I think he is a Ring of Honor guy. I, I do. I would put him on my own personal list probably fourth or fifth in line because I think there are guys that deserve to be up there that are not yet. Um and so I, I would say that Gerald McCoy is a few years away. You're right. Uh, you know, maybe it's with Jason Light and Bruce Arian still there. Maybe it's not. But I, I do think, you know, sometime within the, the 2020s, we're going to see Gerald McCoy's name put up there. I'll, I'll go that far. So with that, going to bid you all a fair adieu and a special shout out to Jeff in the live chat for having my back. I appreciate you, buddy. But we want to thank each and every one of you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen every day. And for our everydayers, you already know that we're going to be back for another mock draft Monday. Only two left before the real thing. So make sure you are getting your submissions for our draft giveaway or giveaways, which we will at some point hammer out the details for. And of course, you can submit those mock drafts to LockedOnBucksPodcast.gmail.com or in the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. For David Harrison, I am James Yarko. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. 
We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.